I'd like to welcome everybody out tonight and I'd like to thank Hugh for giving me the opportunity to speak. I'd like to thank Craig for giving the prayer on my behalf. I've titled my lesson this evening, The Flowing Water, and we'll start our study off tonight with Psalms chapter 1, verses 3 through 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I'd like to look at tonight the waters that our lives fall under. What are our waters? And in our life. I believe there's three waters that I'd like to categorize our life under. These three are what, I call, what I've categorized as the polluted pond, the clean flowing waters, and a lake. But before I look at these bodies of water, I'd like to look at the properties of water itself. Water is different than most of the other elements. It's something that brings forth life. One little feature that it has that's different is when it's frozen, it expands and gets lighter and instead of shrinking. We see in our everyday life that water does bring life to the animals, to the plants, and as we've seen with this recent rainfall, it's made the plant life around here so much greener and vibrant. Water's not only essential to our physical lives, but it also plays a key role in our spiritual lives. It's how we contact the blood of Christ for redemption in our, and spiritual life everlasting. With that being said, that water may have these properties, but there are still various bodies of water, and they are not all the same. The first one I'd like to look at tonight is the polluted pond. This pond is filled with death and decay, and is not able to sustain, sustain life. This body of water represents the world. God is completely removed from the equation, and sin is left to its own devices, and sin takes over, and it ruins what God intended for us. An example of this is Sodom and Gomorrah. A little history behind that is we see, as we saw in those verses, it's Abraham asked God in a city of what we can only guess was thousands, if he could find 50 good people. And it goes down the line from 50 all the way down to 10, and he couldn't find any. And then, as we see, not even in the end, not even five good people were saved. Please turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 2, 23. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 32. For their vine is the vine of Sodom and the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are of gall, and their clusters are bitter. We see that these grapes looked harmless, but when they, when they were eaten, they were grapes of gall. Gall translates to poison. In Romans chapter 6, verses 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. We see that this pond feeds on death. Maybe not physically, but our spiritual death. Another example of this is in Noah's time. We see that sin entered the world and that it was disgusting to God. So disgusting that it pained God to look upon his creation so much that he destroyed the earth and washed it clean of man's filth. But there was a key difference, which leads me to the, my next point, or the next body of water, and that is the clean, flowing waters that, are, that can save us from corruption and the poison of this world. In contrast to the disgusting pond, if you go back to Psalms we read earlier, 
says, we have this beautiful clean river that bringeth forth everlasting life. What is the difference between them? Please turn with me to John chapter four, verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. We see that following his word leads us to being saved from death that the world brings. We see that Noah was a man that was saved by God because of his faith. If we look a little background into Noah, we see that Noah didn't fall to what we'd call the peer pressure of the world. He was constantly bombarded by bad examples. As we see, the world was horrible in God's eyes. Except for Noah. Noah found grace in, him, in the eyes of God. And something I'd like to look at in Noah, Noah's kind of a really good example of faith because just put yourself in his shoes. One day you're just kind of bebopping along and all of a sudden God comes and talks to you and says, Noah, I need you to build an ark for me. It's going to house every land animal of this earth. And it's not only going to house every animal, but you're, there's going to be water coming from not only the ground, but the sky as well. And at the time, that wasn't common. And you're going to be doing, you're going to build this ark for over a hundred years. And you're going to be stuck on that ark for over a year. And Noah didn't make, make excuses. You know what Noah said? He simply just said, yes, sir, and went and did it. He didn't fall. And that's kind of a really good example. He's a kind of a larger than life example of somebody that showed a tremendous amount of faith. But how do we relate Noah to us? One way I think we can start by doing that is by baptism. We see that it is a common theme that water is the saving grace of humanity. Please turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. Which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. The ark was prepared, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, whereunto even baptism, doth also save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of the good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We see that the water is a key player in our salvation, but it is not what saves us. But what saves us is the act of obedience that grants us the access. Water, oh, excuse me. We see that the water is a key player in our salvation, but it is not what saves us. But the act of obedience that grants us access to Christ's blood in the water. But baptism is not our end goal. It's not where we need to stop. It is merely the start of the journey. We need to be filling ourselves with godly things. And we need to strive for more than just being accepted. Please turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 15. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How are we filling our life with God? How are we spending our free time? Are you saturating yourself with the word of God? In this day and age, we have so many things that are accessible to us. We have audio Bibles. We have podcasts that we can listen to. And we can fellowship with Christians without persecution. And that is a blessing I think we take for granted all too often. But yet we find ourselves distracted. We find ourselves watching TV and going and just with schoolwork. I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. 
it's some of that stuff's important, but how often does it become a distraction in our life? I think it should be the other way. We should be distracted. We should be distracting ourselves with God from the world. We need to be saturating ourselves, letting that flowing water of that river, so to say, fill us. And when we fill ourselves with the word of God, it spills out. Other people see that something's different in a good way. And when we are filled and saturated with God, it just it spreads to others. Light the fire, we always say. Like that flowing river, the water's always moving. That is why the bacteria and nasty things don't stay. They don't build up. And that's why flowing water is safe to drink. If we as Christians are flowing and growing and saturating our lives, it'll be harder for the filth and sin of this world to settle in us. And that leads me to my last point. And the body of water I'd like to look at last is the lake. You may be wondering why a lake. Well, it is because this lake is a tempting spot for us as Christians to fall into. This is the category I think we as Christians so often fall into. Because everyone who is here today most likely has no desire to be the polluted pond that I talked about earlier. You wouldn't be here if that was the case. But let us think of the properties of a lake. A lake is not clean, but it's not as dirty as that death-filled pond. Now, as we all know, now a lake, as we all know, is a body of water that isn't quite clean, but isn't quite dirty. What do we do? Wait, sorry. Sorry, technical difficulties. Okay, now a lake, as we all know it, is a body of water that isn't quite clean, but isn't quite dirty. And what we do, we are skeptical of this water. But ultimately, we end up swimming in it and playing in it because it is warm and enticing to us. Even though it is a little bit dirty, we just kind of overlook it and take our chances. With the lake, with this lake, would you put your soul on the line just like that so you could have fun? We wouldn't want, quite want to drink this water, but the more we play in it, and the more likely we are to ingest the water and its pollutants. This lake represents the complacency or the lukewarmness of Christians and how the world can kind of creep in. Please turn with me to Revelations chapter 3, verses 16. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. We say we aren't as bad as that polluted pond, and we often settle for that lake. It's a trap we fall into all too often. I find myself looking at my life going, I'm better than the people of this world. But am I really if I have that mindset? When we are lukewarm, we tend to have this, we, excuse me, when we are lukewarm, we have the ability to put on this face in front of other Christians. We put on this mask when we go to Sunday mornings. And we, people think that we might be filled with this clean water. We might deceive ourselves that we are full of this clean water. But in our hearts, we are impure. Please turn with me to Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 through 8. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy to you, saying, The people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips. The Pharisees are a prime example of this. They were ma masters at making people think they were these wonderful people, when in reality, their hearts were disgusting to God. Please turn me to Matthew chapter 23, verses 27 through 28. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are all like unto a whited sepulchre, which indeed appear beautiful outward, 
but are within full of dead man's bones, and all uncleanliness. Even so, ye outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. We see that even in the days of old, the, this problem is not new, but put, is not a new one. But we put a front because, oh, sorry. We see that even in the days of old, this problem is not a new one. Putting one when we, sh when we put on a front, we become disgusting to God and become a dangerous because we are not only misleading ourselves, but we appear hypocritical to others. And this leads me to my last point. And my last point is that we are never beyond being saved. And there is always a way back. One of the neatest properties of water is that it has the ability to turn from, to a purified state. No matter that polluted pond of death or that lukewarm, or that lukewarm lake, like Christians, if we are the worst of the worst, there's a way back. God can take us and purify us and turn us into vessels for its pure and living water. Please turn with me to John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, verses 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We can always be saved, and there is always a way back from sin and the corruption of this world. If there is any that need the prayers of the church or wish to be baptized, please come to the front as we stand and sing.